Hello, welcome back. This is episode 15 of Builder vs. Buyer. This is a podcast dedicated to the home building industry. I just want to make it better and hopefully in some little way can make it a little bit better through advice and education for both builders and buyers on the home building process. So today I'm going to talk about how to design your own floor plan. So as a home designer, and I discussed this with John um, a couple of weeks back, um, I get a lot of client-drawn plans. Um, they will sit by their kitchen table, um, draw it out on a napkin, a sketch pad, even computer software, and send it to me, say, hey, what do you think? Can we make this work? Um, honestly, I love, love, love this. There, I don't know that was true my entire career, but um, as of right now, I can honestly say, say I love this part of the process um, because I know that client is just so emotionally invested and excited about this plan. And that makes, that makes me excited to work with them. Um, so I really enjoy this. Um, and my goal when I'm designing for them is to best get their ideas workable and really preserve the core of what they loved, why they started hand drawing a plan in the first place, preserve that, and then get them something that's ultimately efficient and buildable. Um, yeah, just to be most helpful for people. That being said, um, very, very common. There are a lot of common failings I see in these plans that could, uh, I feel like we could save everybody some time if I just educated clients a little bit on what to draw where. And this may even be helpful for if you're a new architect or designer designing your first couple homes, what what to think about, what to think through. Um, so yeah, but I'll just go what... When I get that hand-drawn sketch, what are what are the biggest things I see that I'm like, whoa, that's not going to work? Um, common failings. Walls are not zero inches wide. I see this. This is the most often mistake I see on a hand-drawn plan is the person drawing it draws a line for that wall and assumes it's zero inches. And then um, they have... They know the plan needs to be 60 feet wide or whatever, and then they calculate all the room sizes, and then they have four walls cutting through that plan, basically losing a foot off the home, and it's like, okay, where do, where do we pull that foot from because we didn't incorporate the width for the walls at the beginning? Um, just really quickly, uh, in residential construction, you typically draw walls at the framing dimension. Interior non-bearing walls, typically three and a half inches. Bearing walls or plumbing walls, typically five and a half inches on that. Second thing I see that's um, really common mistake in these early on plans is the stairs and halls. I feel like the main layout, the core of the home is really, whether that's the kitchen and great room area, you know, that open floor plan is usually pretty well thought out. But then they get to the stairs and halls and often they're like jammed in a corner um, or just not incorporated well in the layout. Um, to add to that, they're usually not sized properly. People intuitively know, okay, stairs, they're, they're cutting down so I can save some headroom. I don't need to show every single stair, but how much is that? And people often show way less than they should. Um, so for halls, we'll jump back to halls. Halls, I show a minimum of three and a half feet wide. Um, I've done less than that a couple times and Honestly, I ended up regretting it just about every time. Um, I, w- I would say think about carrying a laundry basket, moving furniture, 
all those things. It's just nice to have that space. If there's another person in the hallway, it's nice to be able to walk by them um, and not have to like take turns walking down your own hallway in your own home. Um, and then wider is nice. Um, when you get past five feet, it's it stops becoming a hallway and starts to become something else. So I, I would usually stick within those ranges. Um, stairs, what you'll need to incorporate for on a floor area, if it's a straight run staircase, it'll be three and a half feet wide minimum, three and a half feet wide by 14 feet long. If it's a switchback staircase, you'll want to incorporate for about eight feet wide by 10 and a half feet long. Um, and then lastly, I'll say on stairs and halls, this is a core, core thing in designing a great plan is hallways cost, quote unquote, air quotes here, cost a ton of area in the floor plan. Um, so if you can think through where where the, the top and the bottom of that stair run ends up, and if it's somewhere centrally located, you'll save yourself a ton of area and really be able to give space back into the, the important areas of the home. Yes, hallways can be used effectively, but it's not effective if you throw it in the corner of the home and you have a a hallway winding through the whole upstairs, so to speak, in a, in a two-story home, for example. Um, the second big thing I see in clients' plans is they overestimate the kitchen size. Um, pretty obvious. Everybody wants a big kitchen. Big kitchens are great. They look awesome. Um, you see them. Uh, I would just say in your home, it's not a magazine. That magazine picture may look amazing, but think about think about function just as much as you think about design. Because the reality is you're, you're going to think about your function in your, in your home way more than you think about the design. You are going to be making breakfast and making coffee and doing the dishes. Like, and sometimes your brain shuts off aesthetically in those times, but you will think about the function. So make sure that's not forgotten. Um, an example here, like the island size I see is just huge, huge, huge. I see people drawing, you know, it, a 12 foot by six foot Island. Like that's, that's awesome. And that may look great, but just think about the ramifications. The, the other side of that, are you willing to walk around that every day to get to your dining table? Um, and do you want to walk around that many steps? Like how often are eight people sitting at your kitchen Island? Just the, I'm not saying a 12 foot by six foot Island is wrong. Just make sure and think about both sides of that coin. Um, not just that you loved it from the picture you saw on your Pinterest board. Um, as far as spacing in the kitchen, I personally like 42 to 48 inches between like cabinet and cabinet or countertop and countertop. Um, I, I think bigger than that and you start to lose some function, but I've seen kitchens bigger than that that work and feel really nice and um, luxurious. Um, but when you boil it down, there aren't that many ways to lay out a kitchen. You only have three to five components um, between your your stove, your sink, and you know double ovens or pantry, whatever ends up being. Um, so either if you have a friend that has a great layout, go measure their home, see what it is. Um, I'm sure you have local model homes that you could walk through. Just find one you like, grab their floor plan, um, and I would start with that and start manipulating that instead of starting something from scratch. Um, another key key failing I see is spans and openings. Because everybody wants that big open floor plan, they just think of like, okay, this is the size I need my great room. Um, and it's just huge. And I often have to like reel clients back in. Okay, that's possible. Any Almost anything structurally is possible, but how much do you want to spend to do that? I, 
a quick tip I would do is look up local builders in your area that are building in the price range that you think you're going to build in and look at their typical sizing for rooms. They probably have it optimized so that they're maximizing their, their spans to an effective amount. So if most builders in your area are showing one thing, I would assume that's that's pretty typical in construction costs and um, the culture for that area, um, the building methods, so to speak. Um, so yeah, I would. that's a good starting point. Um, and then two more things here on common failings. I think people often run out of steam <laughs> when they're um, designing their plan. So there's big excitement on the kitchen, the main floor layout. Um, They know they want to have this covered porch in this exact location. Like, oh, that's great. Um, But then as they get toward the beds and the baths or the upstairs or the hallways, like I said before, the staircases, they kind of run out of steam and throw things in there. And that's okay. Um, I think that's why you want to involve a professional. Like, just be okay to some of these areas changing as the plan evolves. So this is, these are the types of things, the bedrooms, the bath layout. Um, these are the type of things I usually alter to make the plan either more efficient or um, structurally work or to make the roof line work. Um, so I would say if you draw something, just come in with an open hand saying like, this is this is really what I want, but here's, here's the things that I'm okay in altering. Um, the last thing I would say is this is the hardest, and it's going to be really hard to explain over a podcast, but um, is think 3D. I, I think people often, um, it's either because it's really, really difficult to do or just don't think about it, but when they put the rooms together in the boxes and the shapes... Um, they start to realize that, well, I start to realize that as I'm designing, like this, this plan isn't going to look great. Um, there's, there's two reasons why I think that is one, the roof line, it just won't work. It'll be super complicated. Um, you'll have a bunch of pitches and valleys that just won't look appealing at the end of the day. Or two is the proportions. Um, a lot of people don't think through the proportions. If you have a small room jutting out far from the house, like things, little things like that really add up to a plan not looking good. Uh, I think home design really boils down to proportions. If you get the proportions right, the home will look right. Um, so I would say for the very, very ambitious of my listeners, if you really want to design a plan and you really want to start thinking about it and digging in or um, you're in design school or architecture school and you're wanting to do this as a career, I would say the best place to start is SketchUp. Um, it's a free program. You can download it. Um, most architects and designers are pretty familiar with it. So if you started a design there, you can hand it off to them and they'll at least have a feel for what you were thinking. But it's a great way to actually put, it's a 3D program and it's pretty easy to learn, actually put the layout that you're thinking about into and make it into 3D, like try and play with a roof, try and make a roof um, and just see what it looks like. That'll really help your brain to to think through what the 2D drawings, what those original floor plan drawings are doing to what it'll end up looking like at the end of the day. Um, and then in, in SketchUp, you can also design your floor plan with it. You can actually draw it out in there. Um, so I worked uh, just today, I'm going to post this on my website. I worked through a room sizing design guide. So this is bedrooms, bathrooms, kitchens, laundries, and halls, um, just some of the core rooms. 
of a home. So this is what I typically size them at. Um, I go off some minimums here. So what a good powder room size is, what a good hall bath size is, master bath, all that. Um, and it's you can find it at burnhamdesign.com slash resources. So hopefully that helps. If you want to start designing a plan from scratch, um, you can pull that up and yeah, get quick little layouts. Um, and then lastly, I'll say my last tip to you, and I, I hope most of you would do this, is involve a professional. So um, I think when you're drawing a plan, you know it's, it's not going to be the final product and it's not there yet. So get it on paper. That's good. That's great. But prioritize your ideas and communicate with your professional well. So what, what really do you love about the plan? What, what did you just throw in there? And what is an afterthought? Like, just be honest about that stuff. Um, and then another reason I would involve a professional is my early designs were bad. Um, I say, I feel like I'm getting better each and every month, honestly. So, um, but if this is the first, very first home you've ever designed, I would take a step back and just pause, realize like uh, the first homes I designed there, I look back on them and I'm like, okay, there's a ton of things I would have done different, should have done different. Um, yeah. So, and then it just, it takes a lot of feel and experience to really, when you're drawing in 2D, also be thinking about it in 3D. Um, I would not say I'm fully there yet, but over you know 15 years or so of doing this, you you start to get a feel for if I put this room here at this size, what's it going to look like? What's it going to feel like? Um, so most professionals, architects, designers have developed the skill over the years. Um, and it's just really, really helpful to have them on your team so you can ask good questions and get help from all that. All right, that wraps up today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review. I think as the kids say, smash that like button. I don't know where you'd smash a like button. I don't know what platforms I'm on that have like buttons, but um, you know what I mean. And yeah, thanks to Andrew Michael Metter for the music. Be sure and tune back in on Thursday for more. 